0: good morning and it's good to be with you Um, if you have your bibles please turn with me to mark's gospel and we're going to read from mark chapter 14 and from verse 53 down to verse 72 so it's mark 14 starting to read at verse 53 they took jesus to the high priest and all the chief priests elders and teachers of the law came together Peter followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself by the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death. But they didn't find any. Many testified falsely against him. But their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this man-made temple, and in three days I will build another, not made by man. Yet even then their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest saw his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he asked you have heard the blasphemy? What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists and said, Prophesy. And the guards took him and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with the Nazarene Jesus, she said. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you are talking about, he said, and went out into the entrance. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, This fellow is one of them. Again he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, "'Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean.' He began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, "'I don't know this man that you're talking about.' Immediately the cock crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. That was before the cock crows twice, You will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. God will add his blessing to our reading of that word. Let's just pray together. Father, again we come before you as we gather around your word. We come in our own weakness, but we lean upon your strength and upon your guidance. And we ask that you might just speak to us through these words. That we might see again something of ourselves, something of you and that through it, we might be challenged and blessed. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, remember um, last week when we were looking at Mark's Gospel, we finished uh, with a verse from Romans, Romans chapter 8, and it said, Well, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But you know, the truth of that verse goes on. And we could say this, couldn't we? And he continues to love us. We're going to see something of that this morning. And we're going to continue with the question, uh, who is in control? So this is verse 53 through to verse 65. And this is Jesus before the Sanhedrin. Let's just read verse 53 and 54. They took Jesus to the high priest and all the chief priests and the elders and the teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself by the fire. So we know that it was night time. And notice that they didn't go to the official law court where a trial should have taken place. Instead, they went to the house of the high priest. And it was interesting that they'd already gathered all the officials together, ready Mark tells us that Peter followed at a distance. He goes into the courtyard, sits by the fire with the guards and warms himself. Now, in his gospel here, Mark leaves Peter there as he tells us what was happening in the house. So verse 55 to 59, the chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. So they're looking for evidence, evidence that would condemn Jesus. But there wasn't any. There wasn't any to find. And in verse 56, we read that many testified falsely against him, but their statement did not agree. You see, the so-called witnesses couldn't even agree with each other about the lies that they were telling. And then the text goes on. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands, and in three days will build another not made with hands. Yet even then their testimony did not agree. So they even argued with each other as they twisted and turned the words that Jesus had actually spoken. And in verse 60, then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, are you not going to answer? What is the testimony that these men are bringing against you? I can imagine that the whole scene here must have been chaotic. I can imagine there being a call for order as the high priest turns to Jesus with words like, what have you got to say? but jesus remained silent and gave no answer let's just listen to what god had told isaiah many years earlier about what would happen this is isaiah 53 verse 7 and this is speaking of jesus he was oppressed and afflicted yet he did not open his mouth he was like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is silent He did not open his mouth. We can ask the question again, can't we, as we consider these things, who is in control here? Well, Jesus is in control. God is in control. This court is totally out of order. It breaks all the rules that his accusers claim to live by. No Jewish trial should have been held at night. And it certainly shouldn't have been held in the high priest's house. Verse 61 Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? Now we've seen that Jesus is silent before his accusers. But here we do not have an accusation, we have an inquiry. So, Jesus is not silent. He answers the question, and the answer is a confirmation of who he is. Verse 62 I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on clouds of heaven. As we read on, we see the reaction of the, the high priest, and it tells us that he understood exactly what Jesus was saying. In this short answer, Jesus is saying that he is God. He is the promised Messiah. He also tells of his death, resurrection, ascension, and the fact that he will return. All that just in that statement. And just because the high priest was not living according to God's word, it didn't mean that he didn't know God's word. He knew what Jesus was saying. He knew what Jesus was referring to. A couple of the passages we can go to as we consider this is Daniel chapter 7, verse 31. uh, Chapter 7, verse 13. And in this, these people would have known these words. This is what Daniel said. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man. Coming with the clouds of heaven, he approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. Now, not only that, if they'd have uh, considered, and I'm sure they did, and I'm sure these things came to the mind of the high priest, Psalm 110, verse 1, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The high priest tore his clothes listen to verse 63 and 64 the high priest tore his clothes why do we need any more witnesses he asked you have heard the blasphemy what do you think and they all condemned him as worthy of death verse 65 then some began to spit at him they blindfold him struck him with their fists and said prophesy and the guards took him and beat him. You see, they knew the scriptures. But their minds were made up. Their anger descends into mockery. With their eyes firmly closed to the truth of what Jesus was just been saying. They took him, they blindfolded him. Now, their act of striking a blindfold man in the face... And him not telling them who hit him, is there evidence that he is not the Messiah? In their mind, if he is who he said he is, he would know who hit him. You know, these are the same people who would later stand at the foot of the cross. Listen to this from Mark fifteen thirty-one and 32. And this is while Jesus hung on the cross. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he cannot save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. The real evidence of who Jesus is was in the words that he spoke. The words that he just recently spoken to them. The evidence is in the words that God had revealed to them through the mouths of the prophets. And there will be even more evidence when they saw him hang on a cross, when they mocked him, and then he would rise again the third day. Let's go back to Isaiah and just... Have a little look at one of the verses from chapter 50, and it's verse 6. This is what these scribes and Pharisees and leaders should have known. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting We're going to come back to this a little later, but Mark now leaves the upper rooms of the high priest's house. He takes us down the steps and outside into the courtyard below. And while the innocent one in the rooms above is being accused of blasphemy, Peter in the courtyard will become guilty of blasphemy. This is the passage that we know well. Title: Peter Disowns Jesus, this is verse 66 through to 72. Let's just read a few verses and then we look at them together. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said. Firstly, Peter was where he should never have been. What did Jesus told his disciples to do? He told his disciples to flee. Mark 14, 49-50 But the scripture must be fulfilled, and everyone deserted him and fled. That's what they were supposed to do. John 18, verse 8 and 9 Jesus answered, I told you that I am he, If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of these you gave me. Peter's mistake, and I want you to think about this. Peter's mistake was not that he followed at a distance. His mistake on this occasion was that he followed at all by following he was ignoring what Jesus had told him to do and this would lead Peter to do what he did not want to do that is to deny that he knew Jesus I know that we are called to follow Jesus, and we sometimes use the illustration when we preach the gospel, and we can quite rightly do this, that, you know, if we're following at a distance, we should be walking with Jesus. But this occasion is slightly different. Peter was told not to follow Jesus, and he disobeyed. Now, Peter wasn't the only one who disobeyed Jesus. John was with him. Now, John was the youngest of the disciples. We know that Peter uh, would later take John under his wing. But on this occasion, was Peter leading John in the wrong direction? And was it that Peter took John with him, knowing that John had the influence that would gain Peter access into the grounds of the high priest's house? Now, remember that Peter is helping Mark to write this gospel. And in his favour, he doesn't incriminate John. But John, in his gospel, gives us this account. And remember that John also uh, refers to himself as the other disciple. So if we go for a moment to John's gospel, chapter 18 and verse 15 and 16. And it's the same incident. But this is what John says. Simon Peter and another disciple... following Jesus because this disciple was known to the high priest he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard but Peter had to wait outside at the door the other disciple who was known to the high priest came back spoke to the servant girl on duty there and brought Peter in so Peter is where he should not have been he's in the courtyard of the high priest warming himself by the fire with the servants of the high priest. And as it transpires, some of those involved in the arrest of Jesus. Because again, John, in his account, he gives us a little bit more information in uh, 18 verse 26. He says this, one of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? But let's go back to Mark's account. And let's go to verse 66 and 67. And here we have the first accusation. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene. Jesus, she said. So the accusation here is, you were with jesus verse 68 the first denial but he denied it i don't know or understand what you're talking about he said and he went out into the entrance i don't know what you are talking about verse 69 we have the second accusation When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around them, this fellow is one of them. Then we have the second denial. Again, he denied it. In other words, he's saying, I was not with them. Them being Jesus' followers. See, he's denying knowing them as well. Second part of verse 17, the third accusation. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. 71 and 72, the third denial. He began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know this man that you're talking about. You see the progression that Peter is now venomously denying that he knows Jesus, that he knows the disciples. Was this bad language from Peter? Probably. Was it a note taken in God's name? More than likely. And that's blasphemy. And verse seventy two, immediately the cock crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the cock crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. You know, sometimes when we read Bible passages, we think all these things happen very quickly, in a matter of maybe minutes. Luke, in his account, gives us a little bit of an idea of time. Luke in his account, uh, the point where the third denial is made by Peter, this is what Luke says, Luke twenty-two fifty-nine. About an hour later. So at least an hour has passed. All this time Jesus has been in the house of the high priest and Peter has been down in the courtyard. About an hour later, certainly this fellow was with him for he is a Galilean. And Luke goes on in Luke chapter 22. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the cock crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the cock crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. As we said, while all this was going on in the courtyard, the trial and the torment of Jesus was happening in the house of the high priest. Luke, in his account, has given us an idea of how long these things had been going on. And he also tells us, as Peter looked up, Jesus was being escorted out of the high priest's house. And the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Little wonder Peter broke down and wept. This wasn't a look of, I told you so. This was a look of compassion and grace that caused Peter to repent of the things he'd just been doing. What thoughts went through Peter's mind that caused such heartache and sorrow? You know, at times like this, a lot of things can flash through our minds in in, in a matter of minutes. You know, they say when a drowning man, uh, his life passes before him in those few seconds. And if Peter remembered the times that he had let Jesus down, the times that Jesus had rebuked him, the sound of the cock crowing, bring back the time in a boat after the great catch of fish. Luke tells us of in Luke 5, verse 8 and 11. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boat up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. Peter would have also heard the words As he listened to Jesus preach during those three years that they were together under his ministry. Did the words from the Sermon of the Mount come into mind, the words that he will understand? Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That verse is speaking about those who mourn about sin and sinfulness. And that's what Peter was doing here. Peter would be comforted. Peter would be forgiven. And Peter would be blessed. You know, there's a little bit of Peter in all of us. And I'm sure there are times in your life as there are in mine when we have, in reality, denied knowing Jesus, depending on the situation we've been in. And we can call those times to mind. But the challenge of the Gospel is... Do we know Jesus as Peter did, as his saviour? Or as Judas did, as his judge? You know, it's the work of God that speaks to us and the Holy Spirit who does the work in our hearts so that we can know the love and the grace of Jesus as our saviour and the continued love and grace that he has for us as our Lord, even when we fail him and let him down. So what did we say at the beginning? As we looked at that verse that we finished with uh, last week. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That love brings us forgiveness. But that love continues and is with us when we call him Lord and with us when we fall and he is there to pick us up. I trust these words this morning will have been a challenge and an encouragement to us and next week we'll continue in Mark's Gospel and we can ask the question we've been looking at who is in control we can look at the question who is on trial but let's just pray together. Father we thank you for your word we thank you even though we fail you many times and we can align ourselves with Peter as he disobeyed you. He was told on this occasion not to follow you. And he did. And on that occasion, it was the wrong thing. Our Father, we know that there are times when we do follow you at a distance and there are times when it's wrong for us to do that. But our Father, we thank you that whatever situation we are in, Whatever our failings are, once you have accepted us as your child, then you are with us and you continue to bless us, even through the times when we let you down. And our Father, we just bring our thanks to you this morning, our thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen.